You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1378. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I am Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People. And on this episode, I'm going to blow your mind. Imagine this. Imagine buying 103 rental properties in the last five years and solving the biggest problem that comes with a rental portfolio, which is maintenance costs, repair costs, and turnover costs. Not only that, we're going to give you a blueprint on how to buy 100 properties in the next 12 months. My uh, guest today is Gary McDermott. He is absolutely incredible. I actually have the uh, fortune of coaching his son, Xavier, on uh, our first grade soccer team. Strap in. It's going to be absolutely incredible. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. So Gary, 103 properties that you own and manage, right? Right, that's correct. And that has really been since 2017, 18, you really started. I mean, you started earlier than that. We'll get into that. But really, when you really started raising the funds and buying these properties and really figuring out your model for building this big portfolio really happened in 2018. Yeah, that was uh, really when, uh, I mean, I, I, I dabbled, I, I would say, and uh, I wouldn't call myself a professional investor prior to 2017. And then that was 2018 is when I really kind of learned and perfected the, the model that, that I use today. You have one of the most unique stories because you, got, you, you didn't get into real estate reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or going to seminars. You actually learned it in the military, in the Navy. Break that story down because I think that yeah. that's fantastic. So who who was it that gave you the advice to actually buy and invest in real estate? Yeah. So um, I guess uh, depending upon, I mean, just even being in the Navy was kind of a story within itself. But uh, just to fast forward to how I learned um, after joining the Navy, I was just lucky enough, I, I guess, that um, out of boot camp, uh, there's a it's it's called A school, which is basically the first uh, training that they give you after you graduate boot camp and in the Navy, we have a master chief, which is the the highest enlisted rank. And um, it's kind of their job to be mentors to everybody. And, yeah. and and there was one master chief that just gave our class advice. It was just generic advice. And he said, told us all this. He said, buy real estate everywhere you get stationed and you'll make more money than the Navy will ever pay you. And so that is essentially how I got started. Yeah. So you're like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. So where did you get stationed and where, where did you buy real estate? Yeah. So that's actually, um, yeah. So I didn't, it didn't happen right away. Right. Because, um, uh, 18 year old in the Navy, our pay wasn't exactly, um, what it would need to, to, to buy property anywhere, but I saved money for, uh, what is it? Three years, bought my first house at 21, bought in Seattle, bought in Hawaii, and even bought in the Philippines. Wow. And you still own those properties? Uh, so, uh, as part of the learning, when you mentioned when I really got my start in about 2018, those properties in those areas were bought because of the generic advice where it was basically just pointing me in the direction of real estate that I learned when I was 18 with that master chief. Yeah. 
But those areas also are not necessarily the best for cash flow. Sure. And so the way we invest now is primarily for cash flow. So I do not have those, but we did use the uh, 1031 exchange to uh, optimize. And, and so basically the proceeds and all of that investment was rolled over into uh, the portfolio that we have today. Nice. How big do you want to grow this portfolio? So, uh, you know, I, I probably should have some targets. And for me, it's it's more about the activity than, say, a straight target, like to have 200, 500, 800, you know, whatever that number is in, in, in portfolio. It's more or less, I, I believe in the power of the cash flow. I believe in the portfolio. And I also believe in teamwork. And yep. so as I've been working on this, our team, you know, started with me and then it's expanded. My business partner brought tremendous value and, and now we've expanded to have, you know, full-time property managers, a, a full-time CPA, CFO. And I just like, we're, we're looking at a bunch more collaborations to just kind of have infrastructure in multiple markets and, and just continue to grow. So for me, it's more about just like it was in the Navy. It was about, you know, camaraderie, band of brothers. Sure. Um, execute a mission. And, and the way I look at it is maybe a little contrary. Some people might say, you know, I want to have 500 or I want to have, you know, 50 million, 100 million, a billion dollar portfolio. I just look at it as, is I like the activity. Let's build a team and, and let's just continue to grow with each other and, and just uh, the rest will kind of come. But I probably should set a target at some point. And if I had to do it today, I think doubling in the next 12 months would be a a good start. You can buy a hundred properties in the next 12 months. I mean, that's, I think that's very doable now that, I mean, when we start 18 and, you know, we did that. So I think now we've got it dialed in. I mean, is that a challenge? Is that, is that what this is? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I want to know how you're going to do it because, yeah. you, you know, I think everybody listening is like, holy cow, how, how is Gary going to buy another hundred properties in the next 12 months? Make sure that they're all cash flowing, make sure that they're all rented out, making sure that everything is smooth and all the investor relations. And we'll get into raising funds here in a second. Uh, but like, how would you do it? Like break this down. How would you, how would yeah. you, if you, if you had to buy a hundred properties in the next 12 months, how would you do it? Well, let's just break it down to like what you said. You went down into some specific points. You talked about the money raised, but more importantly, you talked about getting them rented. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so in any business, a business is really about what problem do you solve and what need do you serve? Yep. And so when you look at what we're talking about housing, and then you look at how people can even get into home ownership to begin with, that's really what the business is built around. And that, you know, if you look at 50% of people that want to own their own home in, in most markets are not able to. And so that's really what this is about. So when you look at, you know, the challenge or the question of how would you get 100 homes or more, it really comes down to, you know, how big is the demand? How big is the need? Sure. And so basically what we're doing is we're just taking a couple of groups of people. We're taking a family that has always wanted to own their own home, but mm -hmm. can't for whatever reason, whether it's credit, maybe, job history, whatever. It could be job yeah. history, maybe just new to the new to the country and, and, and can't even get um, a, a secure, can barely get a secured credit card, whatever the reason is, mm -hmm. even self-employed. Self-employed, maybe a lot of businesses, they end up writing off a lot of expenses. They don't necessarily know to W-2 themselves. They have challenges. Sure. So you can see the real demand and the need. And so what we do is we focus on that. Okay. So by 
still without, I mean, it's still about mitigating risk. And so you look at a family that really wants to own their own home. They have income, they have a job. So Mm -hmm. they would meet all of the traditional criteria to get a mortgage, except for one thing. And that is usually just a FICO score, Mm -hmm. an arbitrary number. So if we're able to set up that path or that journey to home ownership for them, not only are they going to be successful or have the chance to be successful, but it's really creating a win and it's really making that, you know, it's like, how are you going to rent all these properties? That need, when there's a demand and you fulfill it with the right uh, model and the right source, that kind of is self-fulfilling. And so that's really what we're building. So when you look at 100 properties, it's like, are there 100 people that you know or could find within broadcast of wherever we are within what, five, 10 miles from here, a half yeah. mile that yeah. could benefit from this. And that's what, that's what makes this very easy. So you're talking about lease options. Yeah. So you might've known it as rent to own. It could yeah. be a lease option. That's the way we structure it. I mean, for many years prior to uh, the Dodd-Frank, I mean, it was really just an installment sale. Mm-hmm. And um, now, I mean, that's basically a lease, like you said, with a separate option to buy in the future. Got it. So we talk about the demand. How do we find these properties? How do you find 100 good deals that you can purchase? How do you get the money to purchase them? Are you getting loans? Are you buying them cash? Are you pulling in just wealthy investors that that like your model and they see the numbers and they see that you've got 103 that are all performing? Like, let's get into the nitty gritty here, Gary. Yeah. Because I think that, so as wholesalers, so this is the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And so as wholesalers, we want to go and find the best opportunities. We want to sell those opportunities to other people so that we can replace our income, go into this business full time and build a real machine around finding the best deals. But the goal, I will say for 99% of wholesalers is to be in your position where you have a great portfolio that's cash flowing, it's building wealth, you get the appreciation, you get the depreciation, you get all of these things, right? Yeah. So everybody yeah. wants to like be in your position. We're just working our way towards that. So how do you how do you raise the funds? How do you get it? How do yeah. you how do you find great deals? What markets do you go in? Like, let's break this all down. Yeah, and, and maybe we break it down together because yeah. everything that you just said um, from a wholesaling perspective is probably what seventy five percent of everything that that I'm doing. Yes, and so I mean you're finding the great deals, mm-hmm. um, and and I think we you know when we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you know I mentioned that finding the great deals is a little bit different in this world because our horizon is much different. So when you look at a long-term horizon and you say, take a a $300,000 house, Mm -hmm. if you buy the $300,000 house for $250,000 or you buy it for $350,000, if you look at a 10-year plus horizon, how does that really affect the return on investment? Right. Because $50,000 amortized at, at 30 years and say if you were doing financing or you just look at that monthly payment over over a 10 or 20 year period, it's not significant. Right. I mean, even it might be a little bit more now that the interest rates are around eight. But in reality, if you look at percentages of, of a return over a long horizon, it, it's not that much. And so that just is a different perspective. Whereas if you're wholesaling, you kind of have to get 
you really have to buy that three hundred thousand dollars for two fifty, probably much less. Oh yeah, uh, you, you uh, know, one fifty. <laughs> if you look at the rehab, yeah. uh, right, and so that's a lot harder. So that's about fifty to sixty percent. So when you look at just in term, like one of the things we're trying to break down is, is well, how do you find all those great deals? Well, buying the three hundred thousand dollars house at two hundred fifty thousand is a great deal, right? Because it's a ten year horizon. So that really opens up the uh, number of deals that are out there. And, you know, you can calculate a total return. I mean, when you just look at some of the other stuff that you mentioned, you you looked at depreciation. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a real estate professional, you can do bonus depreciation, which is now down 80%, you know, from the 100% from when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act started. But that's a significant advantage. Um, If it's finance, you know, there's principal reduction that amounts, you know, in a 10-year period on on the properties that we're buying, that could be about $25,000 of money in the bank over a 10 year period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you start looking at depreciation, you know, uh, what, 20% off of the purchase price, if you do the bonus depreciation, the straight line depreciation, so $300,000 house, you know, somewhere around $8,000 a year, or you compartmentalize that, do the bonus, like all of those numbers add up. Yep. So that's really how you answer the question of how do you find all those deals? If you change the time horizon and perspective, there's just way more deals available. Mm. And so then it just comes down to how to buy it. And so as a wholesaler, you're essentially looking for someone that has the money. I mean, you sell mostly to investors that have yep. money, whether it's coming from private loans or or whatever it is. So now it's just maybe, um, I don't know if it's like a reframe or it's just like, let me just find a different kind of investor. So I have this deal um, you know, normally I would give it to somebody where like, I have to get it really cheap. Yeah. But if you find, if you replace the investor that's buying the home and you find somebody that just wants the long-term cash flow, mm-hmm. now you just take that deal, that smoking home run deal, which is on average going to be way better than any of the stuff that I'm, I'm buying. You have the better deal yeah. and now you can just change the investor and put that all together. You might have to just you know, if you like the model, you'd have to maybe build in some some of that management. But but then essentially you've done seventy five percent of the acquisition work right there. You just need that little piece and just change out the investor. So you're saying change out the investor, become a partner with the investor. Yeah, and so that's basically it's the same thing. Um, that's what you do. Yeah, it's basically that. That's the, the shift that we've made. Is is um. You know, there's like fee-based and then, you know, partnership. And, and it's the same way that we provide returns. So it's not a, uh, it's not like a fee model where we're, we're working on a fee. We're actually profit sharing. We're partnering and sharing. Yeah. So to get a hundred, just to make this real clear, to get a hundred properties in the next 12 months, would you go and find the money first or do you find the deal first? Yeah. And that's the big difference with our model is, is we find the money first because it's a hell of a lot easier of course. to find the deals when you have the money. Yeah. And you're finding them off the MLS? Yeah. And Wholesalers? So, where, where are you buying Yeah. So it, it's all of the above. I mean, our biggest deal that, that we put together was from a wholesaler. And, um, you know, the majority of them can come from a good majority. Like, I guess, you know, half of them, I guess I'd say, would just come from MLS. When we have, when we're actively raising and, and placing capital, mm-hmm. we would just make 20, 20, 30 offers a week. Yeah. And then we also let wholesalers know. I mean, it's just at, at any way that you can get get the homes. I mean, we have some where, you know, we have contractors, handyman, builders, and, and sometimes they will just be like, hey, this this home right here, we just, we just did one recent where it was one of our builder partners that shared the deal with us. So any anywhere, just let the word out. So 
Yeah. So getting the word out means what? You get into, you go to meetups, you go to the the RIAs, do you, do you travel around mm-hmm. the country and look for different markets? Are you just focused in mm-hmm. one market? Yeah. So um, good question. I, 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 think, I like asking yeah. like 17 questions in one question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think which one to answer first or how to make sure I don't miss any. <laughs> I should That's be just... <laughs> better about that, but I just, I'm, I'm so yeah. curious. Yeah. Well, I think getting the word out, I mean, does does this count, right? Yes. Like, I mean, so this is one way. I mean, podcasts, I haven't done very many of them, but but certainly, um, you know, anybody that I interact with will will pretty much know that that's what we do. And then um, there's yeah, traveling is good. I mean, events. I mean, any anywhere that kind of anywhere that you can communicate with, uh, you know, centers of influence. Um, you know, whether it's a RIA, those are good networking groups. Um, realtors. That's just really what it's all about. I mean, you probably have some better techniques. I mean, I'm not really as, uh, I don't do as many of the podcasts or the social media, but I know that those can help um, yeah. at some point too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the louder you are and the more conviction you have about what you do, people want to be involved. You know what I mean? Right. So, but when you were starting with it, like buying your first few, obviously you did it yourself, buying it in the, in the different places, Seattle, Hawaii, Philippines, yeah. doing that type of thing. But then how did you take the leap? How did you take the leap of, okay, I'm going to go raise some more funds. I'm going to get partners on these things. I'm going to find good investments. I'm going to put it, do you put together like an investment package? Yeah. So, um, I mean, yes, we, we, I mean, at at a certain level, you kind of have to do that. There's no way around it. But when you're starting, um, right, which is kind of what we're focused on here is, is just, it's really like any other business. I mean, I don't necessarily look at it as, different than if, if I wanted to start a car wash or I wanted to start, you know, a consulting business or, or any other business that requires capital. I mean, most people start with friends and family. So it's just, that's basically where I started is just friends and family. And then, you know, as you progress and as you start getting more success or, you know, you reach certain limits as you work with, I mean, your friends and family may only be able to do so many deals with you, then, then you have to, when you start getting to the next level, you, you will have to prepare some type of at least uh, presentation, maybe some reports that show some of the historicals. And that is all stuff that it's just the same as any business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And then what paperwork do you need to yeah. partner with somebody? Yeah. And so that's, and, that's and do you it. need a license for that? Yeah. So very good. And this is where, this is where everybody runs it differently. And this is where you have to really make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's. Um, there are people out there that will raise funds um, using um, basically building a security. There are people that raise funds and it's a security and they shouldn't be raising funds and they don't understand the law. So we actually do it a little bit differently. So we don't necessarily raise funds and pool the money. We, we only work really with a handful of people. So mm-hmm. it's, it's basically private partnerships one-on-one joint venture. So we don't just raise money. You're not going to see me on uh, on a Facebook or a, or a podcast saying, hey, we have all these investments. I mean, we just don't do that. It's just basically, you know, we work closely. If, if somebody's interested that we've known that's in our network and, and they want to start, basically we start a business together. That's the big difference yeah. is, is we're, we're starting a business together. We're doing it as a joint venture and we're in it together with certain roles and, and duties in that business. And a big part of that is, is buying the property and figuring out how we're going to share and the profits, the cash flow, the tax benefits, the depreciation and the appreciation. That's awesome. So you bring the expertise, they bring the capital. 
a little, little, I mean, it's just, there's some fine lines and in, in how you structure it. But in general, um, we bring significant expertise. There is an element with the partners that brings capital and we just figure out how we put it all together and allocate the duties so that we can all buy property, help families get started with their journey to home ownership and just set everybody up for success. I love it. I love it. And how many people are in your company? How, how, how many people do you need to manage 103 properties? Yeah. Yeah, good question. I mean, it's, it's fairly lean. I mean, um, so me and my business partner, and then we've got two full-time property managers and one full-time CPA that handles a lot of the investor statements and um, financials, uh, accounts payable, receivable, all that. Awesome. What do you do and what does your partner do? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we play to our skill sets. So, um, I, you know, I'm not as uh, social. I don't necessarily like to go out there and, and I, I'm more behind the scenes. I help a lot with the strategy. I help a lot with the uh, management of the team. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a handyman per se, but my business partner is very good in the, uh, in, in the field, so to speak, mm-hmm. like finding a lot of the, the deals, like similar to how, how you find some of them. I mean, we, we do some of the door knocking, we do some of the, um, you, you know, advertising and, and so as far as like what to fix, what not to fix, how to fix it, how to find the right handyman, build the infrastructure on the ground. My business partner does a lot more of that. And yeah. as far as helping um, raise some of the capital and, um, you know, find new part strategic partners, I, I do a lot more of that. And, and, and we, we just all play to our strengths and we just keep the machine turning. Awesome. Is it important to have a really good attorney to like draft up the paperwork between you and any investors that you work with? Absolutely. I mean, it's, I wouldn't even say that it's important to have a really good attorney. I think it's important to have a team of attorneys. I mean, especially if you're in more than one market. I mean, everything is different. Rental law across the country. I mean, every little thing is different. There's some states that are more landlord friendly than others. Mm-hmm. And, and paperwork with, uh, yeah, yeah. So just, it's important to have a team of attorneys. Even if you think you have an attorney that is good, it's always good to sometimes um, double check things and, yeah. and, and you can never be too careful. I love this model. I really do. I think it's really, really smart, especially coming from our standpoint as wholesalers, because we can cherry pick the best deals. Yeah. And then instead of selling it to a cash buyer, that's going to flip it, or that's going to put it into their portfolio bring those cash buyers to us and say, hey, let's partner on these ones. Let's split this. I assume it's 50-50, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's it's tailorable, really. I mean, some some investors really don't want the extra cash flow. And, and so maybe we do a trade-off on depreciation and some of the back end when it sells. And some really want the cash flow up front mm-hmm. and don't care about the tax benefits. So that that's what's good about a one-on-one model is, is you can focus yep. on the needs of the capital partner and what it is that that they're looking for and then just make it all work within the confines of that LLC or that business relationship that you you form. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. And so lease options. So you put it out like rent to own. Yeah. Is that the big, is that the big shining, you know, you put it in shining lights, rent to own. And that's what brings in all these good people that you're, you're renting them to or, or or they essentially feel like they're owning it. Right. Well, I, I don't necessarily want to say that it's like they feel like they're owning it because yeah. that kind of could make it seem as if you're making them feel like it's something when it's not. It's really just having the conversation. So it's not just one thing like Great. a flyer that says rent to own. I mean, it's really a lot of, it's a culmination of several different things, right? It's like you really want to own your own home 
and there's really nothing available for you because the banks seem to only care about the FICO. So right. if you want to own your own home, like how can we make that happen? And so rent to own is just sort of, uh, a lot of people understand that, but I don't like to just um, explain it under the blanket of rent to own because everybody does that differently. Yeah, I mean, there are people out there that do it almost predatory. There are some people out there that might do a rent to own or a lease option and give somebody like a three-year lease with a really high option, knowing that, I mean, if, if you've been through, um, if you know people that have been through um, any kind of financial, right? Like, I mean, is three years really enough time no. for somebody to fix their credit? No. But there are people out there that do rent to own and they do a short-term option or balloon. or I mean, it's just the same thing as like if somebody does, I mean, I know like in the hard money world, when when you look at um, some of the stuff that wholesalers have to take have to use or flippers have to use, right? I almost look at it as predatory lending. I mean, they might give you the loan, but it has like the balloon, right? Mm-hmm. And and what if you can't make that balloon? I mean, it, it basically ruins the whole deal. Sure. And it's the same way that if you just look at rent to own, and somebody sets it up in such a way that you were never ever going to have a chance. To, is that really what we're trying to do? So that's why I'm a little careful about just using you know a lease option or rent to own. Really, it's a program that's designed to help a family get a real shot at owning their own home, you know, provided they do everything that they should because they need to fix credit if they want to own. They need to make sure that they pay on time. Mm-hmm. And all we do is make sure that they're financially qualified. We don't want to put somebody that... We don't want to take somebody and put them into a home that they can't afford. So first and foremost, we look at, do they want to own? How much do they have? What is their income? What can they legitimately afford? And if those are all if those are all in a line, then we just put them together in a way that does give them that chance. Yeah. And so what? You put it a, like a 10-year option? Right. Seven-year so, so, option? Five-year option? Yeah. So if you look at, you know, let's just say worst case of bankruptcy, I think could take something around seven years. Mm-hmm. So you have to, at a minimum, be able to help somebody with the worst case type of issue, which would probably be around that seven-year mark. But you don't want to make it so long that there's no real motivation or commitment to actually own the home. So we, most of the time, just settle for a 10-year because that's long enough that in most cases, you should be able to get back on track, but it's not too long that you kind of just, you know, you're nonchalant about it and never really see that light or really want to push yourself to own the home. Mm Mm-hmm. So in 10 years, do you set what the purchase price is going to be 10 years day one, or is it just market yeah. uh, conditions? Well, we, we like to have clarity. So we do set it from year one. And, you know, sometimes we uh, like what happened recently. Sometimes we might not see the market going up, uh, whatever it did, 20, 40 percent. And, mm-hmm. and we might not. So we, we try our best to try to look at, you know, somewhere around that seven year mark, what we think it might be. But I mean, your guess is as good as mine or anyone else. So there's there's some, you know, chance that we could be under or over. But at the at the end of the day, does it really matter? Because we're providing a path for home ownership for sure. somebody that really wants it and can't get it. Well, I've just seen people like you were saying, you know, they they set these ridiculous prices in the future. Yeah. It gets to that point where they're they're ready to buy it, but the price is way higher than an yeah. appraisal. Right, so they can't get that conventional financing that most of them need to be able to purchase to purchase it. So, how do you do? You just use like five percent appreciation a year, seven percent? Do you look at market by market? Yeah, so um, we we kind of just. I mean, I don't necessarily. I didn't build like an actual formula as uh, you know to a percentage level, but we we just try to play it by ear. And the way that the way that we look at it in our company is is if 
somebody legitimately, you know, it's been some time, they've fixed everything that they need and they're ready to buy and they say, hey, look, we want to do it. And, and, you know, maybe we're 20 or $30,000 off. I mean, we have the ability to just lower the option price. I mean, we got to start somewhere. We got to have clarity. But the way that we're doing it, the spirit that we're doing it, we also have the flexibility of to make those adjustments. Right. I and mean, that's that's part of it. I mean, we we don't know. There's always guesswork. And the way that we look at it, you know, I can only speak for what we do is, is that if that something like that were to happen, then um, we have the ability to adjust. Yeah, got it. And so you guys are in charge of finding these people that want to be on the path to home ownership. You're the ones that are doing background checks, making sure that they they have the ability to yeah. rent it, right? Yeah. Are you making them put a down payment down? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it looks kind of like a down, down payment, but really it's just an option fee. Option um, fee. But it mimics, it models a, a down payment. It's very similar. If you look at the financial outlay, if you were to do something like an FHA, you know, maybe a 3% down, I mean... It's very similar to that the, in structure, but it, it's it's really just a lease with a separate option, and the option has a fee just to lock in that price for ten years. Yeah, love it. Hundred and three of them. I mean, last I checked, I mean we're working on one now, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you might be buying a property as we sit here. Yeah, and we're probably gonna that one. The one that we're working right now will actually probably be a shorter term flip because it's not exactly. I mean, so for for uh, the longer term model, we 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 typically need to have uh, a three two four two in, in Arizona at least. We we want a home. This one is a manufactured home, um, and it's a little bit older. So we may just uh, do some remodel and resell it. So, yeah, yeah. Three two four two meaning beds and baths. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, th- three bed, two bath. For, yeah, for the family um, yeah. yard. You know, the pool is always an extra. Or RV gate here. Those are all things that are that increase the desirability for this model. So how do you pay for your lifestyle? Does it come out of out of the the cash flow from these properties? Does it come out of you flip a few every yeah. year so that you can you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people like you buy properties for long term, the long play. The income is very little. The actual cash flow is very little after you have turnover, after you have repairs, maintenance, these type of things. So yeah. what do you live off of? Yeah, so, so really, essentially it's the cash flow. I mean, that was really, um, you know, because transitioning from corporate, um, you know, military corporate, and then to being able to be a full-time real estate or be a full-time investor, the cash flow is really what was needed to replace that income. So yeah, I mean that essentially what it's built around, it's a cash flow model and, and it would just keep building it and, and growing it over the years. Got it. And so it's just but 50% goes depending, I guess. Yeah. Depending on what you set up with your investor, uh how much cash flow goes to them, but you still have a certain amount that you split 50-50 with your partner. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. With the and then you know we we have salaries for the employees, so we we have to take care of that too. It's it's just it's a, it's a business, and that's just the way that it's it's set up. But it has to be ran essentially like a business, and and that's just is the source of the income. So do you pay yourself a salary? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Bonuses? I mean, yeah, the bonuses too. I mean, it's helpful to uh, just like any any business. I mean, we talked about a little bit of the challenges of, of why some self-employed folks can benefit from our program. I mean, some businesses, business owners, when they start, they don't really pay themselves a salary. They right. don't, 
do that. And, and some of that is, is important, especially if you do want to get conventional financing, you maybe want to get a mortgage. So it's important to do that. Awesome. What, what, what do you think is the tipping point though? When do you actually start making good income from your cash flow? How many properties? Yeah. And, and it really depends. I mean, the interest rates certainly don't help. Um, you know, but when when the interest rates just a few years ago were were fairly low, uh, I mean, like the cash flow could be significant. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and it also matters environmental. I mean, one of the stories that I I tell to explain this is basically, you know, there's some parts of the country where things don't cash flow. Like the one of the properties I bought when I was in the Navy in Hawaii when I was stationed at Pearl Harbor, everything is expensive there. And you just can't cash flow it. I mean, there's HOA fees almost anywhere, and those can be significant. And so I remember one of the first things that I did when I learned this model is that you, I did a 1031, and I was barely breaking even, and I went from barely breaking even for the same property. You just roll over all the funds. So you don't put any more money into it. You basically convert a property. I converted it to three properties because you can do that with a 1031, and that went from basically break even to a little over $2,000 a month just from that one repositioning of the portfolio. Mm-hmm. So that's the power of it. You asked a couple other questions, like you mentioned, you, you did, I think you had a couple others in there um, when you just look at how you build the cash flow. So with this model, um, you also have significantly less return or less repairs because uh, if you look at the mindset difference with someone that owns versus someone that rents, yep. They, in general, a homeowner will take better care of a, a home than a renter would. Sure. So less maintenance. Right. Less turnover. Because that's what really eats people up. People don't yeah. realize how much... Ma- I mean, if you Google it right now and you look at what's the average amount of maintenance a property needs oh, yeah. in a year, it's anywhere from 2500 to 3500 Then if you look at, okay, what's the turnover cost? Average turnover time is every yeah. three years, and that's $3,500. Yeah. And then you know at some point something's going to break. Something yeah. major is going to break. Air conditioner, heater, roof, electric, whatever. Something's going to happen. Some some major events going to happen within you know a three to five year timeline. So you have to also have money set aside for those type of repairs. So when people look, I think people fall really fall in love, Gary, with cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. But I think you have to have a significant portfolio before you can really start changing your lifestyle with cash flow. Well, I mean, if you just look at what I shared with one property that I bought a long time ago when I was in the Navy and how we converted it to get $2,000 a month, Mm -hmm. I mean, would $2,000 a month in net cash flow on average be a help to anybody? And that's just taking one to three. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I don't think that a significant amount of homes is needed to produce decent or significant cash flow. If you, I really do think it, it is adopting a model like this, where it's focused on a win-win situation as mm-hmm. opposed to, because the traditional models that I had, it was exactly like you said, I lost all the money on the repairs. Then whenever the property turned, I lost even more money and it was just lose, 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 lose. And people say, keep it for the tax benefits, but why not keep it for the tax benefits and never have negative cash flow? Right. So that's what you get when you put in these people that are on the path to home ownership. That's and it feels great. <laughs> feels great to, to do this, right? It's refreshing. I mean, we're going into the holidays and some of the most rewarding parts of this business is when you have somebody or a family that, you know, maybe they haven't like I mean, this is one of the families that I, I remember it was it was very powerful. They had spent the last two Christmases in hotels 
because they didn't even have the credit to get into an apartment. I mm -hmm. mean, people, some people, unless you're in the situation, may not realize that like credit is not just for buying a home. It's also checked when you want to rent. Yeah. And so when you're able to, you know, offer and, and put somebody into a home right before the holidays and you already have maybe like a Christmas tree in there and everything, and they've spent the last two years in a hotel, that's a pretty powerful move. And so that's mm -hmm. another sort of, uh, it, it's the fuel that kind of keeps you going. I mean, one of the, you know, some of the theme of the questions is like, well, how do you keep doing this? How do you do a hundred? If you wanted to do a hundred more, how do you do that? Why? It's like, this makes it worth it. Yeah. Love it. Guys, if you have comments, if you have questions for Gary, make sure that you put them in the comment section on the Brent Daniels YouTube channel so that we can answer them for you. I'm going to try my best to get as many questions uh, in front of Gary as possible, but I'm going to miss some. So make sure that you put in the comment section any questions. Gary, how can people get a hold of you? People want to just say, congratulations. They want to partner with you. Yeah. What's the best way for them to reach you? Well, I, I do have some social media, just Gary McDermott. So, uh, on Instagram, it's, uh, G M A C underscore I N S T for inst. I mean, that's just what they gave me, but, uh, Gary McDermott.com G A R Y M A C D E R M I D.com. Uh, those would be two easy ways. Awesome guys. We'll put it in the show notes. Make sure that you reach out to Gary He's absolutely incredible sharing all of his wisdom here on the Wholesaling Podcast. Give people uh, some advice on, on just getting started in this business. Yeah, I, I think um, just getting started is, is really just about, I mean, it's a couple things really, but just getting clarity on what your goal is. Because if you want to get started on something and you don't have sort of that vision or that end state in mind, I mean, that's big. And then when you do have that, get the clarity, then work backwards and set targets. So if you want to get, you know, three houses, five houses, and this is similar to what you probably share with wholesalers, right? Like there's a certain activity that you're going to have to do. You know, maybe it's if you're, if you have to make, you know, five offers a week, 10 offers a week, or talk to 50 people a, a day, day, a day, right? So, you know, just get clarity, work backwards, set your targets, and then find an accountability partner and then get a mentor or somebody that's already doing what you're doing. And, and if you put all that together, you're well, you should be well on your way. Are you mentoring anybody? Occasionally. You're, yeah. You're I mean, so occasionally I, I do, but it, it gets, um, you know, it's just, it, it becomes a time thing, but sure. I, I have done it, but usually there's been, I mean, even, even when you look at like college and high school, like sometimes I, I give back and I'm in some of my alumni groups and, and, and they ask, you know, I, I volunteer to be a mentor for, for people like, like in, in those groups, mm -hmm. but I give them homework. And what ends up happening is most of the people that, you know, say they want mentorship aren't even willing to do what I would say is the prerequisite amount of effort yep. for me to even help them. And I can't help somebody that's not committed because that takes away from the, the few people or even the people that I have to commit to, like my business partners, my team, my employees. Yeah. Like I have to come, I'm committed to, to mentor them and to work with them. Mm -hmm. And so that's, but, but yes, I, that, that's basically, uh, yes. And, and that's how, how it's ended up is I have a handful and the majority of people that were interested, they, they don't necessarily, um, so it, it kind of works out. Well, listen, it always works if you do. You know right. what I mean? You got to right. put in the massive imperfect action. We talk about it all the time on our podcast. Massive imperfect action. Just go out there and just take the action. It's all going to work out. It will work out. It'll work out yeah. if you do. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. I love it. Gary, thanks for being on here with us. 
Absolutely incredible. You have you have mentored me in a lot of ways on, on what your model is. You've changed some things in my head because I've been very anti uh, big portfolio because I don't see a lot of people actually making good cash flow from it. It's a great long-term strategy, but not a lot of people are really getting the cash flow from it because the repairs, the maintenance, yeah. and the turnover costs just chew you up. So you've you've really solved a lot of those issues that I have uh, when it comes to building a big portfolio. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for inviting me to your yeah. show. I mean, this is great. Happy to be here. We'll have to have you back. And thank you for your service with the Navy. Oh, That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. That's it, guys. Uh, make sure that uh, if you have any more questions for Gary, put them in the comments section. And if you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, the Rhino Tribe, go to wholesalinginc.com, wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Check out all the testimonials, all the incredible people that are in the Rhino Tribe around the country. And if it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And that's it. As always, I'm going to sign off by encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Till next time. Love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.